0: Okay, Claire, I have to say, I'm the only voice that's been on the show so far. And I never thought that I liked my voice. And people, I get compliments. I love your voice. You've got, a, people say you've got a, a voice for, for radio. You've got a, a, the look for TV and the voice for radio. I love your voice. Do you ever get compliments on your voice?
1: Uh, well, thanks, Matt. Yes, I actually do all the time. Um- I left the show that I used to be on for many years, and uh, one of the people that was on the staff uh, who who uploaded the podcast each week, he said, "I will miss your mesmerizing voice." And I was just like, "Oh, that's the sweetest thing ever." So yeah, I love hearing that. You you can say it again if you want to. I love it. (laughs) Now,
0: now, do you did before this? Did you ever think like I feel like nobody grows up being like I love my voice. I I feel like most people don't (laughs) like their voice. Did you ever have a thought either way about your voice back in the day?
1: I did, like, theater as a kid. I was voted most likely to perform on Broadway, but I didn't do anything with that for a living, Uh. you know. I did debate and speech and stuff like that. So I've always used my voice, but I never really thought about the quality of it until I started podcasting. So, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun.
0: You found your passion again. Thanks for being here. So we're going to get this started. It's going to be a conversation. I want to hear about your experiences about you. You have so much experience uh, to offer. And so I just want to start things off by just tell me a little bit about your running story, your why of what got you into running.
1: Okay, so we could go way, way back. So, my dad was a runner, just a casual runner. He would run three miles every other day before breakfast. He never raced, he never trained per se, but he was always active in running. I was not interested at all when he was doing that. But he did an outward bound trip one year and I was 14 years old and I thought that was the coolest thing. He went on this trip and went hiking and kayaking and camping and I'm an outdoorsy person and I thought that was super cool. But my dad said, "Uh, but you have to run. They have a half marathon at the end of this. And so I trained all summer. I had uh, my Walkman with the Top Gun soundtrack and, (laughs) and I trained, my dad taught me how to do it. And at the end of that trip, um, that half marathon, I beat all the boys. I didn't. E- I beat. I beat all the girls, but I beat all the boys too. And I was just like, "Wow, that's really amazing." And then in high school, I tried out for the track team. I raced exactly one race, and I came in dead last. And I quit immediately. I'm like, "This is not for me. I'm never going to do it again." <laughs> Then I did one half marathon in my 20s to like get over a breakup, and I left running again. And so I didn't really find running until uh, my high school union- reunion was about to come up. And I'm like, well, I want to get into good shape, look good for the reunion, so I'm going to do running uh, to do that. And I hated every step. I ran for a year, and I didn't like it at all because it was a means to an end. But by the time the reunion came around, um, something had switched in me, and I said, well, I'm going to keep running. And I ran the same half marathon that I did in my 20s and did quite a bit better, so I was happy with that. And then a friend of mine uh, on Facebook was running uh, the Boston Marathon. And I was like, well, if she can run the Boston Marathon, I can run the Boston Marathon. I had no idea you actually have to qualify for the Boston Marathon. (laughs) I just thought you would just go run a marathon. And so, yeah, so I figured that out. And I decided to run um, my first marathon. I did not qualify the very first one but I did for my second and the rest kind of is history. We could go into that. I, I, my first marathon was a 402 and my final marathon was 258 at age 42. So nice. I, um, yes, I, I definitely had a really great progression, became a coach along the way and absolutely running has transformed my life.
0: Would you say that, did you ever have like a hate, love, hate, and eventually slowly it turned into a love or like, what was different about, I guess you said the, like, that's why I started running was weight loss initially. And I feel like a lot of us, we start for the physical, but I think, and you tell me your thoughts, what keeps me coming back is the mental, like just that feeling after a run, what you get, the clarity that you get, what keeps me running is for my mental health. What, what keeps you what was your drive then and now?
1: Well, it's it's still love hate. I will tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not that type of person that loves every second of my mm-hmm. runs. I mean, I wish I was. I'm not. Um, but it's yes. I, it. I started like for so many people start the same way for weight loss or for physical, and it changes somewhere along the way. So that's why I really embrace the runners that come to the sport for weight loss. Yes, they might have what some people consider superficial goals, but they trans running transforms you, and people yeah. aren't prepared for that. They're just like, "Oh, I'm just going to do this as my cardio," <laughs> and they have yeah. no idea as what the what the mental benefits are going to be. So, absolutely, I'm not. The the same without my run. And it's unlike anything else. I've been active in a lot of things and running. There's something really special about running mentally that you just don't get anywhere else.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I, feel like I always say, I don't care your reason, whatever your reason for running or starting running, I don't care. I just want to help you to do it safer, faster, because Like you said, a lot of us, I don't think many people go into like, I'm going to start this and I'm going to love it. I feel like most of us have a reason and it could be a different reason, but we all kind of fall along the same path where we kind of, it's, we, we love what it does for us. And I, Mm -hmm. if there's anyone out there that says they love every minute of it, they're a liar. There's no way, there's (laughs) no way that you can love every single second of running, but there is something to be said for like just progression in in life and we'll get into this green and growing or brown and dying is like my, my thing. I'm like, why in my life, I always have to have something that I'm going towards certification, Mm -hmm. a goal, a personal best, a physical best. And like with running so many people that joy, whether it's with you or your, your clients, like for them to do something for the first time ever is super empowering. It's like, I never yeah. thought I could even run a mile. Now they're running two miles. They're running three miles. And and it, it, things kind of like bleed over into everyday life. People that maybe don't have confidence or the mindset or they just, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do this without actually trying it. And then in the running, they're breaking some of these barriers and they're doing things that they didn't think that they could do. They might try something different in job or relationships or whatever. So yes. I always know like when I'm at my tip top, like, object emotion stays in motion. Like my, everything is flowing. Like if I'm moving well, if I'm my relationships, my everything business, I, I, I have to that keep that moving. And you could be running for weight loss. You could be running, you're a serial killer and you're training to
1: <laughs> yes.
0: run. I don't care. I don't, approve it, but I'm going to help. So it's like, no matter, we can all kind of find the same place and no matter your reason for being here. So what do you think about, I love your, tell me about the the planted runner. What's the story behind
1: So the planted runner is essentially started when I was just falling in love with running as a blog that I had started just for fun. People told me that I should start a blog. So I did. And um, it's it was really more about my journey. So the planted part is because I am plant-based. I went plant base before I started running. And now I teach people how to do that myself. I'm a certified sports nutrition specialist and getting going plant-based in a healthy way can be tricky sometimes. So I help people through that, but mostly it's the main thing that I focus on is fueling before, during, and after you're running. And that has definitely become a specialty of mine. But It's not just eating more plants. I think we all can agree most people need to eat more plants. Um, Being planted is also about, feels like being grounded. And so you're running is the movement and being planted is being grounded. So I love the play on words that that the two make together, but it means that you're ready for growth. It means you're ready to transform. And so that's what it really, the planted runner is all about, whether it's my website, my coaching, my podcast, you're ready for growth. You're ready to do something different, try something you've never done before. So that's that's where it all came about. So the way that I do that is I have three principles. First of all, it's your running and physical training, strength training, all of the physical part. The next part is your nutrition. And then the last part is mental strength or your mindset. I think a lot of people um, know that they're supposed to be training their bodies, and they forget to train their minds. And Mm -hmm. they're actually... Is there are ways to train your mind exercises, just like a squat that you can do for your mind. And that is one of the most fun part for me. I love looking at the research, finding things that have worked for athletes or that work in psychology and applying it to running.
0: I love that. If you had to prioritize one through three of those three pillars, could you have a list of what you think is the most important?
1: I think it's a three-legged stool. I really do. Yeah. If your mind is super strong, but you just your body doesn't work, you're obviously not gonna yeah, break yeah. any records. So if your nutrition is not on point, you're leaving you're leaving time on the table for sure, and you're certainly setting yourself up for injury and proper recovery, all of that stuff. And if you're eating well and you're training well, but you haven't trained your mind not to give up when it's hard. You're gonna give up. You really, I don't think you can prioritize one over the other. You've got to nail all three if, if being your best is your goal.
0: Yeah, I know. For me, if I don't have the mental, like everything's shot. Like I didn't realize growing up how much of a mental aspect there is to everything. That I'm so like extroverted. I'm so. It's not until you like remove yourself and try to do things the same you did when you were in a different environment where you have that. Like I either had the drive at all times. I didn't even have to think about it. But then like, as you get older, a certain life things happen. It does. You have to like change what moves you, what drives you in unlocking those, that voice in the back of your head. I think that it's not, it's not weakness. It's like, we all think that we're the only people that, that have that voice. That's telling us negative things. We all have that. It's just mm-hmm. some people are, are better at overcoming it or shushing it up or finding strategies to move on. And that's what for me, it's like amazing how much perception in our mind and how we can, you know, the whole, I have to run three miles today. I get to run three miles today. Just yep. the whole, we, we take so much for granted. And that is something that I have to keep up on is like what drives me. And I'm so like driven by other people. I've been working the last couple of years to drive for myself which is not as easy, but like if I would run and I would dedicate it to my dad or my friend, someone that's dealing with something, I would like channel all that energy into a drive. And then any barrier that comes up, you just push right through it. Do you have like a certain mantra or saying that you'll say to yourself, like, are you nice to yourself on a long run? I know some people are like, come on, what's wrong with you? Are you sweet to yourself? How do you what's going through your head when the miles start clocking in? You're starting to feel
1: tired? I actually am really nice to myself in 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 such a way that it's bad. I, I talk about I talk about this technique called alter or name your negative, is what it's called. And so if you have a negative voice, give it a name. And so mine is called Nancy. And you flesh her out as as detailed as possible. So negative Nancy. Not that creative. But anyway, Nancy is this sweet Southern grandma. She loves me so much. Mm -hmm. And she says to me, you don't have to run so fast. You can stop now. Your family will still love you if you quit. Why don't, you st- why don't you take it easy, honey? So that's yeah. the kind of voice that I oh. have in my head. <laughs> but now I know that Nancy is always going to be on the bus, but she's not going to drive. So when yeah. she when she shows up, I can say, oh, hi, Nancy. And I can separate those voices as somebody else. And yeah. I can recognize that. Oh, that's just Nancy. I'll listen to her, but then I will say bye bye. Get in the back of the bus. <laughs> so, so that's that. one of the mental techniques that I use. I give I give my negative voice a name to kind of um, separate it from who I really ha- who I really am, because yeah. who I am is the person that wants to get to the finish line the fastest. And yeah. Nancy doesn't want me to.
0: <laughs> I love that. Do you have any other names, any other mantras, or other other people?
1: no other people, I, I use a ton of mantras. My view is the more mantras, the better. They are, you need a quiver of them. And the, the more arrows in your in your quiver, the better. It really depends on where I am mentally, which mantra makes sense. So mm-hmm. you want to come up with these ahead of time. So one of them I use is just this mile. I say this mile over and over and over again. And that mm-hmm. gets me to focus on the one mile that I'm running, not the 26.2 miles that I have to go. Um, another one that I use, I took from my kid's kindergarten teacher when they were in kindergarten. She wanted the kids to pay attention. And so she would say, hocus pocus, everybody focus. And so I say that in my head to kind of give myself a smile. And if my mind's wandering, I want to really focus on what I'm doing. I'll say, hocus pocus, everybody focus. But <laughs> so there, I, like I have that. a lot of them, a lot of them. And I always encourage athletes Don't use mine unless they resonate with you. Come up with your Mm -hmm. own that are meaningful to you that actually are important to you because then they'll work a lot better.
0: Yeah. It's like if someone thinks that they're corny, they have never used them or they don't know the power of them. And like in the moment, it's so powerful. When you're like now we're just hanging out, like it's nice to hear. But when you're like struggling and you have those thoughts of like everything but doing what you're doing, those sayings help so much. And Absolutely, it was, I didn't realize like so much that we learned. Like I, for a year before the pandemic, I coached as well at Orange Theory. So I was on the microphone and it was so interesting to like spout out different either cues for mechanics. That's how I learned a lot of like my like vocabulary and how I talk to try to influence movement, but also just like what motivates people, what drives people and mm-hmm. how you could say one thing and one person's super driven and the other person's like, yeah, that's not for me. But those things do help. Like they do work. Like when you're in that moment and then the after, for me, it's always thinking about the after, like, no, do I want to do this hour run? But that feeling after I get it every time, every time after I run, I'm like, that's why I do this. Why don't I do this more often? And just forgetting about that like work part in the in the middle. Yes. That always well, helps too.
1: Run, running is the ultimate exercise in delayed gratification. It yeah. doesn't usually feel that great when you're doing it. Sure, you have those runs every once in a while that are all, all flowy and happy and peace, love, rainbows. But most of the time, you don't yeah. feel good until you're done. So that's something that we have to have patience for and delay the gratification to the end.
0: Yeah, I love that, Nancy. I feel like. I want a Nancy in my life at all times, but, but not all the time. They're so sweet and kind <laughs> and loving. Yes. And I feel like when I picture myself, I'm like a Nancy. I'm so kind and sweet to people, but they don't always need that. Sometimes they need a little yep. more oomph. It, it, well, some people I really –
1: some people really are motivated by the negative too. False positivity does not work at all. And so if you are trying to say nice things like you can do it, you're I'm strong, I'm fast or whatever, for some people yeah. that just it doesn't work. And they are more motivated by the negative. And that's a that's a hard road to go to, but some people like <laughs> some people do trash talk themselves and it yeah. is effective. But I would say Use that with caution because yeah. <laughs> that can make you quit too. But experiment with it. It doesn't have to be, you you have to say all the nice things to yourself to get you to motivate yourself. Try, try being a little mean to yourself, especially if you're always nice to yourself. Try the opposite of what it, you're doing now, especially if you're in a plateau or if it, whatever you're doing isn't working, try something else.
0: Yeah, that's something I'm learning because I'm such an all or nothing kind of person. Switch on, switch off. Mm -hmm. life is more of a dimmer and some days it's this percent some days it's that like some days I might respond better to negative talk some days I don't want that it's just and that's what's fun I guess about working with people and that everybody's different and finding what drives people individually and it's funny you say that about the like talking trash there was this one coach that orange theory that she was intense she was (laughs) like this little thing but she and would berate people and it was amazing some people are like she's the best ever. I'll never do anybody else. It was amazing. And other people like, I can't operate under that environment. It was too much stress, too much pressure. With your, what do you like to do? Like, what do you find is most common that motivates your clients? Like, what is it that usually pushes people? What's their why to why they do what they do with running?
1: Everybody is different. So I can't say that there is one thing that motivates this person over that person. But I tend to work with um, older runners, so 35 and up, mostly mostly people in their 40s and 50s is probably the main segment of people that I work with. And when you're at that stage in life, you've been married usually, you might have kids already, but they're a little bit older, and finally you're doing something for yourself. And so people who find running later in life and they they have some wins, or they start getting better. They build this incredible confidence in themselves, which is just amazing. They get a little taste of wow, i I couldn't run a mile, and now I'm running a marathon. And you do, do you think I could run it faster? And it's like just just this huge confidence builder. So people are willing to to put in the work because they they see some results which is all brand new people who have never been athletic they weren't the jocks in high school but they're finding running later in life because It's simple. They just go out the door and and go for a run. It's not like they have to buy an expensive bike or get a ski pass or whatever. It's a hobby that's really accessible. And so most people can just go and do it. And then they figure out, wait a second, this is totally transforming everything. And once they get a taste of uh, whether it's racing or something else, but once they get a taste of some kind of success they are just like, wow, I want to see what I can do next. And it builds on on itself. If racing is your goal, it's a great way to get motivated, push yourself to new limits, but you don't have to race. There are ways to be motivated and get in super, super great shape without actually going through a race. But I find for a lot of people, they kind of get addicted to the PRs and and which can be good or bad, but it really is a motivating factor to, to see what they can do now that that their lives are more, you know, for themselves.
0: Yeah. I love that. Speaking of PRs, tell us how, tell us your, your transfer. What was it? Was it time, energy? Is there any secret formula? What what got you to improve so much on your marathon time?
1: The thing is that I really became a student of the marathon. And so the first one, I just, I followed some generic training plan online. It wasn't anything special. But then I wanted to get better and better and better at it. So I read everything I could. I learned all about the types of training. I learned about recovery days. I learned about what kind of speed work, what kind of long run. I really became a student of learning what does it take, uh, what it takes to run a faster marathon. And so it wasn't just training my body to do it. It was figuring out that puzzle. And so that was really, I just went down the rabbit hole with all of that. So learning all the right things to do is super, super important. Um, and then it was just knocking off time. My first jump was like 26 minutes. My second jump was like, I don't know, 11 minutes. And then I progressively, my jumps were smaller and smaller. But then when I got to about, I think it was 3.11 at Chicago, I was just like, I'm at 3.11. Oh my God, could I actually go sub three? And that's when I started training to hit sub three. I didn't get it for four four more marathons, but it was it was starting to get the mental belief like, I really can do this. I really can do this. So that was a super important part of it. I would say the the other factors that really propelled my success is, number one, strength training. I'm a huge proponent of that. Always have strength trained throughout my running career, twice a week at least. Um, super, super, super important. Cannot stress that enough. It is just as important as your running Um, and finding your tribe. So finding your tribe is, I think, really, really important, whether it's in person or whether it's online. You totally can do this online if you don't have a running group in your area. I live in Asheville, North Carolina, which has a huge running scene. And I just decided, hey, I'm going to join this group. And I saw women my age just total badasses. And I'm like, I can be like them. I got inspired by women who were really just doing amazing things that were my age. and I was like, wait a second. If they're doing it, I can do it. So, I highly, highly, highly recommend finding some people in your life that can push you and can pull you back too, not just push. You need to know if you're training too hard too. You definitely don't want to go down that road, but we're just more powerful in a group than we are alone. Mm-hmm. And so you really need... And your spouse is sick of hearing you talk about running. So stop <laughs> blathering on yeah. about your your 400-meter splits to your spouse. Go find some running buddies that want to hear every detail.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. that that's going to save some <laughs> marriages too. Yes. When you do a, a group, I'm interested. I've always like... I'm so extroverted. And I do like, I know different running groups around here. I I'm like, how do I incorporate this into my training? Like I do, I need that. I want to run with people, but I'm like all this negative stuff of like, well, what if it's not the right distance or the pace? Like, how do you balance? Will you do a little bit of both? Will you train with a, with a group, like a run club and on your own? Or how do you usually balance that?
1: Well, first of all, you need to find out what kind of run they're doing. So there should be a group run that's just easy pace. Hopefully it's an out and back so nobody's left behind. You all meet someplace, you go as far as you want, and then come back whenever you want. And so schedule that for your easy run. That's a pretty no-brainer. And as far as speed days, it really depends on what you're training for. If you're training for the marathon and you have a track group and they're going to be doing some kind of intervals on let's say, Tuesday at the track. That will probably fit into your marathon training, even if it's not exactly what you're supposed to be doing. If you're 12, 16, 20 weeks away from your marathon and you go run some random 400-meter workout that, that the group is running... That is okay. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't have to be perfectly fit your schedule. You do want to get more specific the closer you are to your race. You don't want to be running, I don't know, 200 meter repeats two weeks before your marathon or something like that. Yeah. But for the most part, you can be a little flexible, and being with the group provides so many more rewards than sticking religiously to your training schedule. There are ways to incorporate it with a little flexibility. So if the run is, if the group run is going to be too short, well, show up an hour early and and get your run in and then finish your run together or stay later and finish your run, whatever it's going to be. There are ways to incorporate a group run. If you live in a city that has any kind of group get together, just call them up and ask. Introduce yourself, explain what you're training for, and just see if you're going to fit in. And I promise you, you will find a group that you'll fit in.
0: I love that. The further away from the race, the more flexible that you can be with it. I love that because it's true. And and sometimes in in the beginning, it's just hard to get started and getting that momentum and being around other people and a group of people that's like all going towards the same thing. That is super, super motivating. What Mm -hmm. would you say, you've been running for a long time. What would you say one thing that's gotten easier as you've gotten older and what's gotten harder as you've gotten older with running? Um
1: easier is definitely it's running is a habit for me I'm not training for any races right now but running is just something that is a part of my life I don't complain about it I don't unless it's raining I don't like running in the rain but <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it's just like I'm going out for a run period end of story there's no mental arguing back and forth the motivation is is it's just there it's automatic so that's definitely wow. gotten easier things that have gotten harder I don't know because because I, I stopped competing in marathons because number one, I got pretty burnt out. I was gunning for this dream pie in the sky climb Mount Everest goal, which I finally nabbed. And I was just like, <laughs> the last 5K of the marathon is like, if you get the sub three, you never have to run a marathon again. And I haven't. <laughs> That's my negative voice talking. <laughs> and so I,
0: I love that. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. And because I know how hard it takes to train at that level. And I don't really have any interest in trying to shave off a minute or two minutes or whatever it would be. That's just not interesting to me. And I look for new goals and new ways to like challenge my mind. So I wouldn't say that necessarily things have gotten harder as I've gotten older, but I know that with my athletes, we definitely do need to look at recovery differently in the last couple of marathons that I was running, you know, at one point I was up to 90 miles a week, two speed days, long runs. I was doing some crazy stuff and I still wasn't getting my goal. And so the next round I was just like, what? I'm going to dial it back. I dropped mileage. I dropped down to one speed day a week instead of two. And when I kind of eased up on, on the gas pedal a little bit, everything changed and it, and it came because so I think I was trying too hard, but I also wasn't recovering. I wasn't able to do, I was struggling. And when you're at that volume, or even, even if you're not at that volume, if you, when you hit a certain point, and you're just banging your head against the wall, it's time to see if easing up is going to make a difference. And that's what, that's what did it for me. And I think a lot of Masters runners come up to this at some point, especially if they've been running and training for a long time. They realize that they can't train like they're 20 years old anymore. They need mm-hmm. to tweak and do something different. And it doesn't mean you can't be the best you can be. It doesn't mean you can't be competitive. You totally can. But you just need to kind of tweak your training. Um, to allow for more recovery and just smarter training.
0: Yeah, I like that. It seems like for me, like in people, the mind, as you get older, we get wisdom. The mind can get sharper, but our body, you've got the same body. It's amazing that we have the capability of healing, but at the end of the day, a 50-year-old car, it's still a great car. It was like, it's an amazing car, but it's 50 years old. So we have to like right. just remember that and the tissues. And yeah, I think it's kind of dialing back. And, and the hardest thing for a lot of us, I think, is less is more. You're used to like school. The more I study, the better I'm going to do. Well, not always. Sometimes you can overdo it. Same with, with movement. is sometimes too much. Yeah. And having the confidence... To pull back and know that's the right thing. Like I'm sure when you first mm-hmm. were like I'm gonna dial back, it's like man, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. It's like sometimes the <laughs> hardest thing to do is to do nothing, but it's healing. Right, it's it's, it's helpful. Is your body? Mm-hmm. Would you say like it takes you longer to recover? Like do you do you have any go tos for recovery? Do you like ice baths? Do you like massage guns? Do you personally have any favorite recovery modalities?
1: I am definitely anti ice and I'm anti anything cold. I don't like cold. Yeah. <laughs> and really it, I guess there's science on both sides, but the stuff that I have seen is really ice slows everything down. Ice takes away swelling and actually inflammation is what we need for an acute injury. That's our method of healing. We actually do want inflammation. So I don't think that ice is an appropriate treatment for a lot of things. Maybe for like an acute injury, like an ankle sprain or something, ice can help in certain situations. I don't think it's a great idea for overuse or for just plain old recovery. Now, that Mm -hmm. being said, if it makes you feel good, you do you. I have a hot tub and that was the best best investment Ever, I love heat therapy So and wa- being in water. So that is my favorite thing. I love my foam roller. I love getting good foam roll. As far as anything beyond that, I used to occasionally get massages. I don't really indulge in those anymore too much. I mean, they're great. I, th- I think they're wonderful, but I'm usually too impatient to schedule those things. I just do a foam roll and I'm done with it. And for me, that's really it as far as like tools and stuff like that. Big proponent of sleep as much as possible. I'm usually in bed at 9 o'clock, and I'm an early bird, though. I wake up at 4 or 5 in the morning. I think sleep is your number one thing. It can be harder to get as you age, so you just really need to prioritize it. So I think really that is the number one thing. Eating enough is super important, which is tough for people who get into running for weight loss. They don't actually eat enough to support the kind of training that they're doing, especially if they're plant-based or mostly plant-based because it's hard to get enough calories in if you're trying to be super, super healthy and you're eating all this stuff with tons of fiber that's going to fill you up a lot and you end up accidentally under eating, which can lead to all sorts of trouble with your running and injuries and low performance stuff like that. So make sure you're eating enough, make sure you're sleeping enough, make sh- make sure that you're chilling out and relaxing, try to de-stress as much as possible. All the good stuff that you've heard a million times, it's mm-hmm. it's boring, it's not really sexy stuff, but it's yeah. it's it's true. Yeah,
0: that's that's so true. It's not sexy, but it's what's important. And that's the with wisdom. I think you get to a point where you don't care what people think. If you just try what works for you, but yeah, it is true. Like rest, sleep, recovery. Like your body is amazing when you're not stressing it. It's it's adapting. It's healing. It's amazing Mm -hmm. how that works. Have you had any time in physical therapy? Have you ever been a patient? Any injuries that you've had over the years?
1: The only times I've been a patient, I've got a couple of friends who are physical therapists here in town. And so I've been their guinea pig for a few things, but I've never been a patient because of an injury. So I was running all those crazy miles and running all those crazy marathons and zero injury. I had no injuries. The only injury I would say was I did run and twist my ankle. So I had a, an ankle injury, but no, no overuse injuries at all, which is kind of miraculous. I would say that it mostly is because I'm a sup- mostly because of strength training. Strength training is absolutely, I can't say it enough how important it is. I, that being said, don't overdo it. You can overdo strength training and that will compromise your running for sure. Make sure it's supporting your running, not superimposing your running. But If you can stay strong and balanced, it it goes a long way to preventing injuries. I would say maybe it's luck, maybe it's genetics, maybe it's training, whatever it is, but I was lucky enough to not really have any significant injuries.
0: That's awesome. Knock on wood. So so would you say strength training definitely you feel like was a big help with that, something that you can change? You can't change genetics, you can't change some of this stuff, but you feel like that was very attributed to you being healthy?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I do, I, I do have a stereotypically good running form. So people I've had my gait analyzed and I run in an, an efficient way that I've never trained myself. I do all the standard drills and all the stuff you're supposed to do, but there's just a natural way that I run that I'm sure has something to do with that. But but again, yeah, that's not something that I have any control over really, mm. but I would say I do have control over the strength training and I would rest when I needed a rest. I would not just push, 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 push. I Don't get me wrong when it's time to go fast and work hard, I would work super hard, but I would also take my recovery seriously. And if I was not feeling the five mile run I was supposed to do that day, I would either rest or cut it short. So I know that doing run after run after run just because it's on your schedule is is not a great idea. You really do need to rest when you're when you're just not feeling it. and your training yeah. will usually be better for that.
0: Probably a lot of your coaching, too, like I do is just giving people permission to take the day off or to rest. Like people like need permission sometimes to okay. yes, all right. Tell me, tell me. I'll do it if you tell me. We, we, we need that extra. Yes.
1: Uh, well, and and now that you say that, what I what the hardest thing about my coaching, the hardest that, uh, lesson that I teach is not even taking the rest days. Most people are okay with taking the rest r- days. It's slowing down your easy runs. I was running a sub three marathon that is at 647 per mile pace for 26.2 miles. Do you know how fast my easy runs were? <laughs> they were 930. Thirty to ten minute miles. I mean, yeah. three minutes slower than my marathon pace. Very, very slow compared to how fast I could run the marathon. I take my easy run super, super, super easy. The minute per mile uh, formula doesn't work for everybody. If if your normal run pace is, let's say, it's eleven minutes per mile, I'm not saying you have to run a fourteen minute mile for your easy pace. But at the extremes, the equation gets a little skewed, but. You know, the, the point is you're taking your easy run super, 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 super easy, way slower yeah. than you think, and that allows you to run your hard days much faster than if you spent the whole time just running this medium pace zone mm. that people tend to get stuck in, the gray zone. Yeah. They just get stuck in it, and they, it, it feels like a real run. It's like, well, okay, if you want to yeah. be a medium-paced runner – all the time, then you can stay there. <laughs> if you want to be yeah. fast, you have to learn to be slow.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Do you have people, you, like, how do you coach that? Do you say, do you heart, do a heart rate zone? Do you give them a certain like breathing? Like how, what cues if I'm your, yeah. your client and I want to get that speed, what would you tell me of how to know I'm, I'm doing that speed?
1: I don't love heart rate because everybody's so individual. So for example, I am somebody, I've got a low resting heart rate, but my heart rate while exercising happens to be pretty high. So when I'm running a marathon, it's 175 beats per minute, which is what most people do at a 5K. So it's just, that's just me. And other people, your age is a factor. Your The weather's a factor. How much caffeine you drank is a factor. So Heart rate is too variable for me to use it. I definitely look at it. I can tell if you're running your easy pace and your heartbeat is 180 beats per minute, I know that's not easy. So it's kind of a stopgap. But other tests that I like for easy are go for a run and close your mouth. If you can nose breathe for a few minutes, that's definitely an easy pace. I'm not saying you have to nose breathe the entire time, although some people do and they love it. Um, that's, That's a different story, but just use that as a test. Another test uh, is the classic talk test. So you should be able to run an easy pace and have a conversation as easily as you are walking. So if you're out for a run with your friend and you're having an entire conversation just like you and I are having right now, that is an easy run. If you're by yourself, you should be able to sing along with your music or argue with the podcast you're listening to. You should be able to talk very, very comfortably. If you can't, you can only say a few sentences and then you have to you start huffing and puffing again. That's not an easy pace.
0: Yeah, I love the talk test. That's what I always use is I, I talk about three different gears, gear one, gear two, and gear three. And like gear one or that speed you're talking about, it's like you should be able to hold a conversation And gear two, you can get a few words out. Gear one, you can't talk. It doesn't mean, like you said, you don't have to talk, but ask yourself, could I Mm -hmm. hold a conversation at this pace? And uh, I I like that one a lot. I think that one really hits home um, a lot with people. Um, Mm A couple more things before we get into our little quick uh, this or that. Tell me about how do you keep running as your passion and your business like how do you how do you do it all like do you you said you got burnt out from training and racing back in the day is there anything that you find different about running now or the joys or tell me how you balance that
1: so now I run just for me I just not like I didn't before but like there is no performance goal I don't put any pressure on myself I don't care how fast I run and I just I just go out for a run whether it's three miles whether it's five miles I rarely do more than five miles um, these days but I'm just doing it for my sanity I'm going to get sunshine in my eyeballs for my circadian rhythms I'm doing it for my mental health get some Fresh air, like it really just is more of a practice for me. It's not about performance. Of course, it's um, for health too. But I think health is actually the the side benefit. <laughs> it's for everything yeah. else. Um, what I'm trying to do now is get a little bit into strength work more and um, see what I can do there because it's fun. I, as I said, I have always kind of done strength, but never as its own thing. It's more as a side thing, and so it'd be fun to see if I can get some big guns. The skinny little vegan oh, yeah. can get can get some guns. Whoa! Yeah, I know. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, I'm just having fun with it, just doing it for fitness. It's not, I don't, I really get more joy and passion helping others do this running has absolutely transformed my life and it's i want to preach it from the mountaintops and helping others get those big goals is so rewarding and so fulfilling Mm -hmm. doing it for myself i'm helping one person now i'm helping thousands i work with people individually so i've i've literally coached hundreds of people and but with the podcast and with the things that are coming in the future i hope to expand that even further yes i it's just like I dove deep and fell down the rabbit hole for my own running now I'm doing that with my coaching my business my podcast I have a book coming out you know all of these things I just am so excited about like yes it's it's work and it's definitely work but it's something that is just like I can't wait to wake up and work on this every day
0: I love that feeling and there's nothing better and I feel I feel for people that don't have that, to, to do something as a job that you don't truly enjoy. And I know there's a lot of people that have to do that. It's it's hard. Yeah. It's, like yeah. you said, it's work, but it's not work. It's that whole, that that feeling that I get from just helping somebody else accomplish or feeling like useful, beneficial to them. I love that. There's no uh, mm-hmm. better feeling. Tell us a little bit about the stuff in the future. Tell me about your, your new podcast and Tell me about the, your, your book and every, and all, all the things I want to hear. it. All
1: the things, all the things. I was lucky enough to be the host of the Run to the Top podcast for two and a half years. That's one of the OG podcasts, it's been around for over a decade, one of the top uh, running podcasts in the world. And so I was the host of that, but it was not my own show. So it was great to interview Olympians and race directors of major marathons, running researchers, writers, I got to cut my teeth on that, get into podcasting, um, working for somebody else. And now I finally have gone out on my own and can do it 100% my way. So the Planet Runner podcast actually came out mid-August and to my delight was the number one running podcast in the United States in the first week. I'm super, super thrilled with that. Those charts are kind of funny. It's gone up and down since or whatever, but has been in the top 10 the whole time, which is just more than I could ever imagine. And I'm super thankful to everyone who's listened. So that show is a mix of interviews and a mix of coaching shows with the goal to make you a better runner while you're listening to the episode. So listen to it while you're running it is the goal. And my book, which is also The Planted Runner, is coming out. It should be February. And that is everything I teach in book term, in book form. So it's about how to be a better runner fueled by plants and how to work on your mindset all of that. So it's really just the basics of how to learn to run from a very beginner all the way up 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, how to fuel your running and how to get your mindset so you can do really hard things. Lots of stuff over at theplantedrunner.com. If you're, if anybody is interested, I've got a free fueling guide for runners called the Ultimate Fueling Guide for Runners. And you can get that at theplantedrunner.com slash join.
0: I love it. I saw, I was amazed because I saw how you had transferred your own, I know all the whole, the whole backstory, but it's always amazing when you can see somebody pull a good amount of people with you that yes. speaks to, uh, to you. And it's funny, like, I feel like it gets that point where I was with corporate healthcare for 10 years and it was great. But then there gets to a point where you want to do things your way. You want to be creative. You want to build your own brand. And that's what I did almost six months ago now. And so it's all new and it's exciting. Good for you. I love that. Yeah. uh, Good
1: for you, Matt.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was big. How do you, so how do you formulate your, I noticed I like your format of like, like 15 minutes or so, give or take. Like, how do you Mm -hmm. come up with your ideas for podcasts? What do you do?
1: Well, what I do is basically go from questions people ask me on Instagram or direct message or or my clients, the athletes that I coach in person. I talk to them and when they have a question, I think, oh, well, that's a great idea for a podcast. So right now I'm really focusing on the absolute basics, pacing, fueling, how to fuel a marathon, that kind of thing. It's marathon season right now. So lots of questions from marathoners. But I've also just started doing interviews too. So I interview people who I'm curious about, who's who can answer questions that I have. I'm learning still too throughout this whole process and I love to bring the listener along. But really anything, anything focused on running, nutrition, and mindset, I'm gonna cover. So I like to I like to start with some kind of story, get people to hooked in with some kind of interesting story. And then my goal is to basically teach three things every episode. So you are gonna come away at the end of that episode having learned three specific things that are gonna make you a better runner.
0: I love it. All right, are you ready for our 10 quick rapid fire this or that questions?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: All right, all right. So it's which would you prefer, running five miles on a treadmill or outdoors? Outdoors. I should have known that. That was easy. Uh, <laughs> run a, Run a half marathon on trails or on the road? Roads. Do you run with music or without music? With. Okay, good, phew. I feel like the people that can do it without (laughs) are crazy. Do you listen to podcast or music when you run?
1: Music for fast running, podcasts for slow running.
0: Yes, I'm the same. Do you prefer running solo or in a group?
1: Solo for the most part.
0: How about speed work or bass training? Which do you prefer?
1: Bass training.
0: <laughs> uh, foam roll or massage gun i should have put hot tub on here but if you had to pick foam <laughs> roller or, or massage gun which would you rather foam
1: roller foam roller
0: caffeine or no caffeine
1: caffeine
0: yeah who who doesn't have caffeine? my parents i don't, understand I don't know it. my parents don't do it minimalist shoe or a cushioned shoe
1: can I say both? I am. Um, <laughs> I, I, so. I, I, so. I have lots and lots and lots of shoes. Way too many. It's it's a problem. And I have some of everything. Um, for the most part, I'll do a little bit of cushion, but I have three or four minimalist shoes too.
0: I gotcha. You. When you're going out, what makes you? Is it the distance? Is it how you feel? The color? What makes you pick one shoe over another?
1: I pick the shoe for the run. So different, different shoes for speed work, different shoes for trails, different work, shoes for long run, different shoes for tempo. Yeah, right, do, <laughs> it depends you, on the do run.
0: Match, do you match your outfits with your shoes?
1: I usually um, have pretty tame outfits and pretty crazy shoes. So they usually don't match. I usually don't care. But every yeah, once in a while, yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, the last one is, do you prefer recording voice or video content? What do you like doing better?
1: I definitely prefer voice, so podcast audio, but I am going to get into more video stuff coming soon for sure.
0: Yeah, it's such a learning curve. Like, I went from patient interaction to then learning how to coach on a microphone where people aren't responding, and then like how to interview versus like talking when nobody's listening and responding. They're all so different. And like video yes. versus voice and time. I like the challenge because I think we should be able to get our, our communicate or get our message out by different media formats to really make a, a true uh, impact. So I like the challenge of, of everything. Cause I do, I think it's different and I think some people respond better to one versus the other. And I've learned, and I'm sure this, you can never make everybody happy, no matter what, no matter what you do. And and just, that's something that's been good for me to learn is just, there's some (laughs) people out there that are just miserable and I feel bad. And I just try to think that's sad that they're like that, but people can be mean. 99% of people are so nice and it's rewarding, but we all know those, there's those, those instances.
1: Well, that's a sign that you make it. When you get a negative comment telling you when somebody says, You're giving bad advice or this is dumb, that means you've made it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: It's like you're you, you wanna you don't wanna say what you think, but yeah, just kind of brush it, brush it off. Well, this has been wonderful. Tell us, is there any other ways you mentioned your website? How else can we find you?
1: I am the planted runner everywhere. So the planted runner at Instagram, I share share tips every day on how to be a better runner. Like I said, theplantedrunner.com slash join. That's how you can get the free fueling guide. I'm also doing a free marathon series where I take you through what you need to be doing every week for 12 weeks before your marathon. And that's theplantedrunner.com slash marathon.
0: Awesome. And I was recently, 30 minutes ago, hour ago, on your show. So you can hear me on her show. We did a nice little podcast swap, and it was so nice having you on the show. You were the first guest, and I'm honored it was your voice. We've got a good thing going. And uh, thanks again for your time and your expertise.
1: Absolutely, Matt. You're a natural interviewer. This was great. I hope you do more of them. This is super fun.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Bye.